Hello, and welcome to the Love Says Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Johnson, and I'm coming to you from the coast of Maine. In my work as a life coach for the last 15 years, as well as in my personal life, I keep coming back to seeing the beauty of what unfolds when we each uniquely find our way back to a place of love. Love can get us through the most painful moments. It can give us the freedom to grow, the courage to change. And love can also lead us to a whole lot of peace, joy, and possibility. So let's see what happens in us, in our life, and in our world when we listen in to what love says. Hello, and welcome to the Love Says Podcast. Today, we are about to have a conversation on love with someone who I am honored and giddy to have on the podcast. When I think about this person, I feel a sense of awe, wonder, and respect. She is a CEO, an activist, an advocate, a dancer, a speaker, a philanthropist, and a lover of hummingbirds. As I see her, she is a world evolver, a strong, inspiring leader, a breaker of old systems, and a creative initiator of new. She is a glowing heart. And I can't wait to hear more about her life journey and perspectives on love. I'd love to introduce to the podcast, Debbie Esparza. Welcome. Wow. (laughs) Who is this you're talking to? (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know, I used to just spontaneously do intros and then I felt the pressure. So just a couple of conversations ago, I started taking little notes and I want to say yours was the trickiest intro. I kept rewriting it because there was so much to say and then this morning I was like, you know, from love, what is true about, about Debbie? And that's what came through. And what I, my favorite thing is a breaker of old systems and a creative initiator of new. Yes, I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. Thank you for being here. My, my pleasure. I'm so excited. Yeah. As I'm, I'm sitting here surrounded by hearts and, and love, <laughs> love um, images. So I'm, I'm ready. I love it. I love it. Right before we started, you said, I just need to get some props, which is funny because we're not on video. So it's not yeah. like, prop, you know, so that's like props for you, which is exactly right. So we're both surrounded by um, things that remind us of love. Yes. Um, my first question for you uh, is, when do you feel love most authentically and how does it feel to you? Thanks for that, because that that did it, it took a minute, but then of course, as you know, the angels pop in and deepest wisdom popped in, so you know the answer to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I, I feel love most most authentically wh- when I'm being authentic and I'm being my mm-hmm. own full self, mm-hmm. um, and that includes things like sitting watching the hummingbirds. I feel so much love. Um, and it just feels natural or, or when I'm playing on zoom with, with my niece, I mean, it's just so joyful and innocent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and also I feel a lot of authentic love when my team is really in the flow and doing 
this this important social and racial justice work when it's just happening. I really feel um, love authentically, mm-hmm. and and it feels it feels fabulous. It feels um, like such an important connection to the to the whole rest of the world. Um, and 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 I'm, I'm starting to learn how to how to accept that and embrace that uh, because you know for a long time there there's like oh this this can't be real this can't be for me but mm. but I'm I'm in it and and I am of it and and that's when I know I'm feeling love um, authentically. Yes, yes, yeah. You are in it and you are of it, and I love the uh, the descriptions too of the different descriptions of love and how it all still is love. like whether it's personal, whether it's with family, whether it's with your hummingbirds, whether it's at work, we're going to talk about all of these things, you know, today, mm-hmm. but it, it's almost like it doesn't miss any corner of your life. We'll talk about that, but it, it feels very immersive how love flows in your life. I I think it, it does. And, and um, uh, sometimes it surprises me and, and again, I, I know uh, you you recently did a, a letter writing campaign to love, <laughs> and 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 I changed it up a bit and and just talked to to love and and I don't know where this you know bad British accent comes in, but every morning I just wake up and say hello, love, and <laughs> and, and, yes. and and it's just everywhere. Um, and, and I can say that to, you know, my coffee cup or the hummingbird or the lizard, um, and the, the the little bushes and the trees. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's just everywhere. And I, I remind myself that, um, by using that little phrase with this corny (laughs) accent that I have no idea where it came from. Uh, I love it. I love, hello, love. (laughs) Yeah. And how, how is your day? On the mornings when you start with the hello love, you know how how are your days different? Um, they're smoother, they're yeah. happier. There's there's already a little spring in my step instead of the you know oh I got to get up and do these things again. It's like oh yeah, I get to do this again. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's happier. It's mm-hmm. it's more joyful. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I, even on a day, um, it, you know, without it, even on a day when I know there are some tough things coming, I can yeah. enter the day with with joy and and love and gratitude, um, and holding that for all the the space that that needs to happen that day. Yes, yes, yes. What could you tell us about what you used to think love meant? And I put love in like quotations, like. Like when you were growing up, whether it was society, family, your peers, what your definition of love, what you thought love was versus kind of how you define and feel love now? I think I used to think that love was about a person. Yeah. You were in love with a person. Um, And in, in so many ways in my life, that didn't always work out. Um, for a number of reasons, but right now I believe that love is more universal. It's, mm-hmm. it's really, again, like I said a, a moment ago, I'm of love, not in love and really holding that 
that it's everywhere. It's not in embodied in one person or in several people. It's really a concept that, um, for me, it just helps me move forward. I mean, I use this may be a tangent, as you know. I'm. I love want, want, want to know. I love, your <laughs> I, I love tangents, <laughs> but you know, love love as leadership and love as abundance. You know, love as leadership versus fear, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or love as abundance versus scarcity. Yes. Um. And and just this universal concept of there's enough, and we just need to share it. Um, and so that's kind of how I feel about love. The other tangent that this had me recall was as a kid, probably junior high, early high school, I had a poster on my wall in my room and it was a beautiful sky, you know, blue sky with clouds. And it had the words of the, of the St. Francis of Assisi prayer. And you know, I wasn't religious or, or particularly prayerful, I mm-hmm. guess, at the time. But those words, mm-hmm. you know, the, the line, where there's hatred, let me sow love. I'm like, how come everybody doesn't do that? Yes. Um, and and just, just those words, I, I, I had the, the opportunity to read them all again. I'm like, yeah, those are really great. Yes. Not just words, but you know, actions, you know, yeah. love is also, lo- love is also an, uh, an action oriented yeah. um, word. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's not just a, it's, it's not passive. It's a very active word. And I mm-hmm. think it's more active, you know, for me and how mm-hmm. I think about it now. Um, yes. If any of that makes sense. It all, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. And I love that prayer too. And it's so interesting because uh, now I wish I put in your bio that you're an instrument of peace, right? Like, mm. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. And it's like, love making me an instrument of your peace. Mm-hmm. And what you just described, though, to me is again, peace in action, right? Peace in expansion, right? Peace in the world, right? It's so interesting. Like when I was younger, peace was so, it felt more passive, right? Mm-hmm. And actually, peace is not necessarily passive at all. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. We need to really be active about our peace. (laughs) We need to be very active about our peace. Yes. Yes. When, when was the moment? And then I want to go into self-love for a little bit, just that concept, that practice, what that means for you. But you just gave me like a hundred different questions I want to ask about, but it's when that, that belief in you, and I can feel it as you say it, like there is enough, we just need to share, right? And there is enough love, there are enough resources, we just need to share, whether that's connected to, again, leadership, abundance, peace, all of them connected and collaborating. Was was that like a, a slow learning for you? Or was that like one day you woke up and you're like, oh my gosh, there is enough for everyone, right? Like, was that like a bit by bit shift or was that more of a quick, do you remember like th- when that shift happened where you believed, right? You felt the abundance versus the scarcity. You felt the enoughness versus the not enoughness. I you know, a couple of different thoughts are, are roaming around right now. I I believe I thought it all along, mm-hmm. but I also believe that it was not the right thing to show mm-hmm. and to be because I don't remember 
as a young person. Well, I remember being, you know, friendly and friends with all the folks at school who didn't have a lot of friends, Mm -hmm. as well as friends with all the friends that had a lot of friends, Mm -hmm. right? So that that everybody was welcome in in my circle of of people. But then, you know, there as as I got, got into the work world, um, and I was trained in not being loving and vulnerable, and you know, keep it, you know, do do your strong woman number. You kind of step away from that because it's not what's being recognized or achieved or or named as success. Um, so I went, you know, decades of of professional leadership, not feeling like I could be that. Um, And we'll talk a little bit later about some other um, identities that that I have that kept me from feeling that as well. But I think most recently, within the past half a dozen years, I can really just really wrap my arms around this, this, this silliness of saying hello, love to just about anybody and anything. And, and, truly feeling that. Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's been all along. Well, Mm -hmm. again, I think it's been there. I think uh, there were things that kept me from, from letting that little light shine. Yeah. Right. And, and now there's nothing that keeps that little light dim. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I wish I could just bring in this little light of mine to play behind. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We got it. I got it in my head for you. Yeah. Um, so connected to self love, because in a little bit we're going to go out into humanity love, world love, right? Mm-hmm. Like human family love. For the love you have for yourself, and, and again, I think you know where I want to go. Like, kind of two parts. I am curious about: is there, is there, was there a part of yourself that was an innate part of you, like identity expression? that that was easy to love right and then and maybe just an example of that and then a part that has been more challenging to love or been a, more of a longer road right to love within yourself and again this doesn't have to be uh you know like everything's wrapped with a bow 100% self love every morning cuz it's such a practice right as we know but yeah i'm curious about about your relationship with self-love and a part that, again, was a little bit easier and a part that was more challenging or you're still in the midst of working on or practicing? Yeah, I think it's definitely uh, uh, still working on it and practicing. And, and again, I'm reflecting back to to littler Debbie with that little poster on her wall, you know, and the friends at school. And it, it was easy for me to love me when I was being, you know, the not the class clown, but the, the, the one making people laugh and, and, and spreading joy and, and friendship around. Mm-hmm. I think at that point, I really, the, the words friendship and love were, were synonymous to me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, still some of my closest friends from way back then, you know, are, are so very, very important to me. So the, the parts of me and, and self-love, I don't, I don't think I understood it before because, you know, again, as a that young person, you didn't want to be all conceited about, oh, you know, I'm going to take care of myself and I'm going to be happy. And, you know, it was, again, social pressure of not trying to 
to be conceded. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and now, you know, flash forward, you know, five decades, I'm going like, yeah, I, I, I like, I like me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love me. And, you know, yeah. and, and it's okay if other people don't, yes. um, because that's not on me, it's on them. Yes. Um, and, you know, self-love, you know, is, you know, sitting in my chair watching the hummingbirds or, you know, taking a nap in the middle of the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've talked before, um, just that, you know, I have to pay attention to my body because it's, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to be sure the warranty doesn't run out before my work is done. Mm-hmm. And, and so really, you know, some of my self-love right now is just trying to, you know, take care of my body. Mm-hmm. Um, which will let me do more of what I do. Yes. Um, so that's that's a, a type of, of self-love. And, you know, now I'm, I'm very happy to walk into a room smiling and, and taking up space with love instead of taking up space with ego. And, uh-huh. and oh, you know, I'm here and you, you should probably listen to what I have to say. Uh-huh. Um, but it's, it's really I'm, I'm here and, and, and I'm making space for your voice. Mm-hmm. And I'm making space for us to, you know, achieve some, some social justice action. Um, and that's, that's kind of self-love for me as well. It, it, yes. Again, I think I went off on a, a, a bit of a tangent there, but. Um, mm-hmm. No, every tangent you uh, give, which no pressure for the future, but <laughs> it, <laughs> it just adds another layer. It just deepens it. It just. Um, it like adds another color to the painting, right? Like yeah. it truly does. And yes, thank you for that. Thank you for for those examples. And even for you to say, it's so interesting to hear another human being say, I like me, I love me, right? Like as a as a truth, as a freedom, like that's been something I've been practicing and being like, can I allow myself to feel that, right? Is it safe to feel that? Is it like, and the it's flipping this coin of conditioning that like, exactly. like everything you've talked about, this conditioning mm-hmm. that if I feel this, I'm taking it away from someone else and versus it's maybe the only way to allow it to continue to ripple. But again, I re- I read a whole lot of books and read a whole lot of quotes about that versus when you could sit in your chair and look out the window and be like, "Oh, hi. I love you to yourself." Like yeah. that that quiet practice. It's like a big earthquake, you know, with with its impact. Yes, and which is partly why I have to sit in it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't happen in a second. I really yeah. have to, to sink into it and and let myself feel that earthquake ripple. Um, yes. Do you have any part then, and this is just for, do you, when you feel that, do you have a part that still comes up and is like too much? Like that's, that try, do you notice a part of you that pops up that tries to dampen or tamper down that self-love? Sometimes. Sometimes and and it shows up in okay you got to go now, oh you know? yeah mm-hmm. you know don't sit in this too much, oh. right it feels too good, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'll you know jump up go to work, you know, do your chores or you know do whatever the have tos are, yeah um, instead of oh this you know I'm just gonna bask in this for a little bit longer, mm-hmm. so every now and then that comes up but then also I've I've learned. Also to 
because I'm, I'm in my work, I'm tied to my calendar a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I now sometimes block time in my calendar so that I can just sit and reflect yes. and I don't have to jump out of it yes. sooner than I'm ready. Yeah. That's yes. just a tactic I've had to do to manage my time. I love that tactic. I love, I'd love for you and us to offer that tactic to anyone who wants it <laughs> to block off that time in the calendar when possible, if possible. Yeah. You know, the, um, so one of the things that, that I do in addition to, to putting a space for reflection on my calendar is I color code my calendar. And this is a, a trick that I definitely learned from you because we were, we were talking a long time about my my soul colors and how my pink needed to show more often mm-hmm. than my ego. Mm-hmm. And and so there are parts in my calendar that are classified as well-being. Yeah. Um and they're they're coded pink in my calendar. Yes. And and reflection time is pink. And my team who who has access to my calendar, they do their best not to ever book over or adjacent to a pink thing on my calendar because they know that I need that, um, that fuzzy space on, on either side of it to get back in or to, to, to get out or, you know, to do that. So that, that's one of my tactics to, to be sure that I am looking at giving myself space to love and and to reflect on on all the goodness in in my space. Yeah. Um, so yes. pink, co- co- code code sometimes as pink. Everyone, I um, do. I do blue. Uh, <laughs> I do blue. Or I do I do blue for one kind of activity, and then I do um, this light lavender purple mm-hmm. for just because it's when I see the color, it calms me a bit for like any kind of practice or support I'm receiving. Cause mm. I like you, you know, and we're, we're in work where we hold space or we're supporting or we're creating or it's a lot of output. Right. And so it, though, when I see that light purple, I'm like, Ooh, this is receiving time. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I'm going to acupuncture. So, you know, <laughs> um, when you have that pink time and then we're going to talk a bit more about your work and social justice, but First of all, I just want to honor you for actually putting that in your calendar and then sharing the boundary, the loving boundary with your team at work, right? And Mm -hmm. doing something like that, I'm just curious what, if anything, pops. When When you started doing that, right, when you chose that and you shared it with your team, what kind of leader does that kind of make you or... Uh, yeah, what part of leadership or what kind I don't know why the 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 question I'm getting is like what kind of leader does that con- make you or evolve you into that you are holding space for your soul time really on your calendar, right? And it's a held loving boundary. What how does that affect your leadership or what kind of leader does that make you? Well, the 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 first word that popped into mind was it makes me human and really trying to lead with some humanity and and love. 
you know, it, we can have a, a fabulous team meeting. Uh, we call them team time. We'll have a fabulous team meeting and when I can really see them all in a groove. And you know, I'm like, all right, everyone, have a great day. Like, I love you. And, you know, the first time I said that, they're going like, wait, what? Our, <laughs> our, our boss said that she loved us. Like, hmm, is this, you know, should I be writing this down? Is this a bad thing? And, and you know, they don't have to respond but they know that I have love for them. And I, and, and as much as I take the space for myself, they know that they can take the space they need for themselves as well. Yeah. No questions asked. Um, I call mine, you know, wellness days or wellness time. Mm-hmm. And they can, you know, they don't have to tell me what they're going through or, or what's up. But they, you know, Debbie, I need, you know next Tuesday as a wellness day, or I, you know, I'm up against something. I need that the rest of the afternoon as a wellness day and, and no questions asked. Nobody says, do you have enough time accrued just take care of yourself? Um, because this work is heavy. Um, social and racial justice is heavy and, um, we have to take care of, of our own self care and the time for that. Uh, so that we can keep keep doing the work, but yeah, it it, it startled them. It startled them the first time when I cried during COVID, mm. um, and and then when I said, you know, I really do love you all, and I I want to care for you, and it's hard because we're all you know sequestered yeah. in our own homes. Yeah. Um, so just know that you know I'm I'm feeling the same way you are, and, you know, yeah. um, and it was. I, I hope it gave them the courage or the confidence to to be that for themselves not necessarily for me but you know but to be that for themselves and their family and not to not to hide their their vulnerability or their that you know during covid we were all f- fearful of, yes. of of we don't know exactly what but yes. um everything um yes. so well and as a leader it's so interesting because when I when I feel into you as a leader, I feel like you are ever strengthening and ever softening simultaneously. It's a wild, beautiful, necessary combination, it feels like, and, and unique. And again, not one that you went to, got your MBA in, right? You got your right. MBA in something else, right? Like yeah, this they don't, the, yeah, they don't teach this in MBA Yeah, they don't teach it. Like, and, and though... What I want to honor too is that moment when you're like, oh, I'm putting in like my soul time, which allows more space for my humanity, which then in turn allows more space for others' humanity mm-hmm. and not in a like, we can all talk the talk, but truly in a walk the walk, right? Like in a, they they are witnessing you and then vice, like witnessing you live. The, and that's, um, again, it's like ever strengthening, ever softening leadership. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, and and just recently, again, one of my uh, colleagues, you know, finished up a pilot for a really important program that we started uh, focusing on young women leaders. And we were at their uh, celebration, and they were all giving themselves affirming statements and writing them on their on their certificates. And then it was my turn to to you know speak, and I said, "Well, let's do something different. Let's." You've all been, you know, affirming each other and and writing empowering notes. Let's turn that on to um, my colleague. I don't want to say her name, but let's let's turn that on to her and let's let's say what we appreciate about her and this experience. Mm-hmm. 
that she helped make the space for. And they, they had beautiful things to say. And, and, and then, you know, I turned to her and said, well, how did that feel for you to, to feel how appreciative everyone is? And of course she loved it. And, and I said, you know, and this, this is my role. If I think about the archetypes and this is my role as sovereign, which mm-hmm. is to witness and bless. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I did that evening. I, I witnessed them all affirming each other and, and sharing their, um, their joy in having accomplished something yeah. and not in them, you know, meritocracy kind of, accomplished they 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 were full of 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 what they've experienced for the past nine months in this program um and they will go on and and use this in their leadership journeys Mm -hmm. and they will use it in changing the community um and that's that's what we were hoping to 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 have happen but i never dreamed it would happen as beautifully as it did and and partly it's because I didn't prescribe it, right? Yeah. We just let it evolve, and all these joyful souls came together and you know created change. Yeah. Um, but but the witnessing it, um, and and then the uh, another colleague, the supervisor of the colleague that ran that program, you know, she she got a hold of me the next day and said. You did this. I said, I didn't do anything. She did it all. She said, no, you did this because the way you lead lets me lead differently, which lets her do things differently. And, and she goes like, do you get that you're doing this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, did you? No I, moment? I said, sometimes I do get it. And some, some, sometimes I can actually see it happening before they see it happening. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's when I'm really doing good witnessing. Yeah. Right. If I'm yeah. just standing back and, and watching and learning and listening and again, mm-hmm. holding that space. I mean, you can't see me with my arms outstretched, mm-hmm. just holding space yeah. for people to emerge um, mm-hmm. in their fullness rather yeah. than me, you know, prescribing how it should look or what should happen. And, you know, those kinds of things. Um, but that's, mm-hmm. that's a way of, of, of loving leadership and, and seeing it really, you know, per, I think the word I want is permeate, just really flow through yes. um, uh, the individuals and organization. Yes. And that, that leads us right into what I wanted to talk about next, which is, you know, how, how deeply connected you are to social and racial justice and how your I mean, again, talk about permeating your life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you care about it in so many ways. You stand for it in so many ways. I'm wondering if you can share, first of all, just what your work is, what your role is, what you, your organization, right? Like that that you lead and you collaborate to, to lead. Mm-hmm. Like, And then, well, if you wanted to share that. And then I want to ask you a question, no surprise about how how social justice and love connect and your trajectory with that. But yeah, what is your role? What is your work that you kind of go to work for? Because <laughs> right? we know there's a lot of work for every moment of your life. But yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and this is going to sound a lot like our tagline, um, but I really believe it. Um, so I, 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 I work with the YWCA. Uh, not to be confused with the YM, we are the YW. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, am the CEO in the 
Metropolitan Phoenix Association. Uh, we are part of a, a national association of about 200 YWs across the nation and, and also YWs across the world in about 60 different countries. Um, so it's a huge movement. Um, and the focus, the mission is, is a nice, easy one. Um, it's eliminating racism and empowering women and promoting peace, dignity, and freedom and injustice. Um, and so, you know, we should be done in another week or two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say another lifetime or two. We, <laughs> just a small, tangible, exactly amazing, deep like reason for being here. Yeah. And, and, and we often say we're going to get up every day and do the work until people, until the world sees women and people of color the way we do mm-hmm. equal, powerful and unstoppable. Yeah. And, and while that is our tagline, I believe mm-hmm. it, you know, and know. you know, we, we talked about how I get up now and say, hello, love, you know, mm-hmm. but before I did that, you know, some days I'm going like, oh, I got to get up. And then I'm going like, yeah, I got to get up yeah. because there is work to do, you know? Yes. And, yeah. and, you know, I, I can hear myself saying, yeah, I got to get up and mm-hmm. till the world sees, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's, so we do that in a number of ways. Um, Elizabeth, we, our association in Phoenix, um, we've provided direct services um, in, in the community, uh, mostly focused on um, food insecurity and feeding our seniors and our older adults. Um, and then we also have provided financial education um, tools and, and learnings for women and their families. And, and many a times those women are facing uh, some transition from a, a traumatic um, situation, such as incarceration, um, joblessness, homelessness, um, health issues. Um, and so, you know, often she is trying to, to help her family um, get back on their feet. We've, we've actually just shifted that a little bit to make it more about prosperity and include some of the, the that because it's about more than money. It's about yes. how you feel. You know, some of the things we're talking about today, it's about how you yes. feel and how you can see and, and, and be full mm-hmm. uh, of, of all kinds of things uh, that will help you then attract money and, and things to make your life more full and prosperous. So that's an exciting space we're in. But we're also really, I'm, I'm very proud of this work uh, that the team is doing right now. We're really getting into systems change yes. and, and exploring what is keeping um, our older adults and, and our LGBTQ youth from accessing the health care that they need and want, um, mm-hmm. particularly the mental health um, mm-hmm. aspects that they need and want. And and we're getting to the to the ground truth and to the root cause and you know quite quite honestly it's because the systems are so well established and mm-hmm. and most of the people in charge of the systems mm-hmm. like it that way and they don't want to make a change. Yes. So that's where you know Debbie the disruptor and the systems mm-hmm. change person yeah you know is willing to say in a group of you know bankers and, and financiers or people that that hold the system saying, well, have you actually asked the people that this impacts? Mm-hmm. 
mm. what they need and want. <laughs> and they're going like, oh, what a great idea. Yeah. So, so we are doing a series of listening sessions throughout, um, throughout the, the northwest part of our valley to really listen to the folks that are impacted and say, what, what can we do? How can we change this? And sometimes it's, it's as simple as, well, the bus could run for 30 minutes more so that we can get to the doctor. Or, you know, if we could do this, then, then I could bring my groceries, you know? So, I mean, sometimes they're really simple ideas, but, you know, until somebody takes the time to listen to them and then, and then, you know, use that, those spheres of influence to make the change and, and to get other people to see the opportunity. It's, yeah. it's, it's building the bridge from both sides. That's what we're yeah. doing right now. Yes. And yes. the key is to just make sure it aligns when they, <laughs> when it meets. Um, so it's not, it's not easy, but it, it's so important. Uh, so that that's long winded on what YWCA is. Um, yes. uh, because I, I know this has a, a broad reach. It doesn't, that the letters don't stand for what they used to stand for. Mm. It used to stand for Young Women's Christian Association. So right now we just, our brand is simply the letters, YWCA, mm -hmm. because um, we welcome women and, and, um, and, and our non-binary friends um, mm -hmm. and our trans friends um, who are in the same space of, of empowering um, yeah. each other. And, um, and we also welcome all faiths and non-faiths. Mm -hmm. So we're not just um, grounded in, in the sea anymore as well. So really open and, and, and welcoming to all who want to change the world to make it a better place for, for women and people of color. Yes. Um, a very wise adult loving version of your it reminds me of your circle when you were younger right of that circle you would create of your friends right and that there was space for everyone and there was love for everyone and there was curiosity it's so interesting to see that piece of you so many decades later right mm -hmm. creating like same energetic very different the way it looks and the ripple effect well who knows we don't know the effect but if in a moment I want to ask you a little bit of just about your journey with the passion around this right the the commitment around this work in the meantime just quickly if someone wants to I get the emails you send out. I get to see what your organization is doing. I get to learn so much. I get to be um, witness, right, to really the power and the effect and um, the importance of the work that this organization is doing. And if someone wanted to go, would, where would they go online? <laughs> if they wanted yeah. to pop on, make a donation, learn about it, read more about, about the mission and the work. Um, I'm going to mention two places. I'm going to mention our website um, at Metro Phoenix, and it's www.ywcaaz.org. Mm -hmm. And our handles on all the social media platforms is, is also YWCAAZ. Mm -hmm. But also, I know many of your listeners are from all over the nation, um, and you can also simply go to ywca.org and that's our national um, website yeah. and you might be able to find a ywca in your community 
and get connected to them as well. Yes. Thank you. What two final parts of this, and then I cannot believe what we're going to kind of wrap up part one and go to part two, but connected to social justice work, again, was this always within you? Has it grown? And then it's so interesting, right? Because I feel like you've answered this in so many ways already, but how, how do love and social justice go hand in hand. So I know that's a three-part question. I love multi-part questions. As yes. You can, as yes. You know. But yeah, was it always within you? I think it was. Again, and and as that kid and, and even a, a young adult early in my career, uh, some of my early careers were not aligned with my true values. And so I didn't mm-hmm. stay because I would rather, you know, be in community. You know, I was a banker at a very young age. In my, my late 20s, 27, 28, 29, I was a vice president of a, of a bank and, and a manager of a branch. And, you know, I, I, made, I made the bank a lot of money um, because I was personable and friendly and, you know, people would buy banking products from me. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going like, this, this, is not, <laughs> this is not what I was meant to do. Yeah. Um, and and uh, this, this is sparking a an old memory um in 19 this is how old i am 1989 i think Mm -hmm. there was a a huge earthquake in the town of whittier california where my branch was and and half the town fell down Mm -hmm. and it was just weeks before our beloved holiday parade Mm -hmm. which for decades was a wimpy little parade that you know lost a bunch of money but that year, I was the chairman of the parade. Hmm. And everybody said, oh, Debbie, you're going to have to cancel the parade because the route has changed. And I said, we're not canceling the parade. The city needs to have a parade, right? Their houses, their buildings fell down. We need to, we need to come together. Yeah. <laughs> we have the best damn parade that that town has ever had. <laughs> uh, we, we, had we, we, made, we made money for the first time in probably three decades. Um, and you know, we had to add more divisions cause we had more bands and more sponsors and, you know, the streets were aligned with people that just wanted to come out and, and be in community who had had such tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that's when I'm going like, what, what, why am I making living selling people credit cards? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I left that and found some new work that was in uh, community development. Um, so this has been in me. I just, even as a young person and, and now, I didn't realize it was a job. Um, mm. And mm. I was kind of doing it. And, and now, like, I, I tell my board not to listen when I say, I, I can't believe they pay me for this. <laughs> um, uh, because it's just, it's just what I'm supposed to be doing. Yes. Um, and, you know, I know we'll talk more, but this mm. role that I've been in for almost five years now allows me, allows me to bring all of my intersections and all of myself to it. Um, And that's the first time in in all of my careers that I feel so fulfilled. Really the first time in this role in professionally. Yeah. And I've had a lot of different careers Mm -hmm. and this is the first time I feel so very fulfilled. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, well, it's a beautiful segue. I don't even want to pause to introduce part two. <laughs> like, let's keep going. But we're we're going to pause. And 
we're going to be back in the next, in part two, we're going to talk about those different intersections of you. We're going to talk about, I added in some surprise questions too that I'm excited about, Um, but also we're going to connect, you know, we're recording this in June, 2023 in the United States where it is pride month and we're going to connect on pride and different aspects of that. But I'm also in part two, for those of you who are, I know all of you probably coming back for part two. I also really want to talk about again, what energizes you, what lights you up, how you come back to love, how you connect those, um, so much more of you and how you live and how you, because you already have shared so much of really the enormity of the work you do, right? And this this aspect, I don't know, there's so many double sides of the coin when you share your life, right? You do it in a personal, yes. you do it in a professional. You put so much output, but you're learning balance, but you you have soul time, but then you have humanity. Time. Like there's just so much here. So thank you so much for for part one. And I mean, we'll, we're just going to stand, but for those listening, thank you. And we'll see you in part two. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Love Says Podcast. And speaking of thanks, I want to give thanks to the Love Says Podcast team for their creativity, their care, and their creation of this project. I also want to thank the Patreon patrons for their monthly support that financially allow this project to continue and to grow. And if you would like to support the podcast, there are three great ways to do so. The first is you can rate and leave an authentic, love-filled review wherever you're listening to this podcast. The second is you can send a one-time gift donation to the podcast on Venmo at The Love Says Podcast. And the third option is you can become a Patreon patron over at patreon.com forward slash The Love Says Podcast. And you can sign up on Patreon starting at $5 a month to become a donor to this project. And in exchange, you will receive fun resources, audios, calendars, fun things to go with the episodes. And you also will receive discounted and special pricing for most of my virtual and in-person experiences and offerings. So thank you for being here. And most importantly of all, thank you for bringing your energy of love into this world. I'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye.